Dynasty Fantasy Football doesn't take a week off, and neither do these guys. All the information you need to stay atop your league for years to come. This is the Dynasty Heat Seekers. Welcome back, Heat Seekers. This is episode two of the 2022 season, and I'm here again with Charles and Anthony. And this week, we are going to be talking about wide receivers in motion, man. A lot of wide receivers, big wide receivers, have switched teams. And unlike most years prior, many of them were trades and not just free agency. So we've got a nice, fun mixture of both. We're going to talk about how those wide receivers affect the new players that they're joining on their new teams and how it affects the players that were on their previous teams. So first off, Charles, how is your week going? How are you doing? And what are you looking forward to for this episode? Glad to be back. We had a great show last week and just decided to look into some of these big names. This has been quite a remarkable offseason. I don't think we can ever remember this many big name players swapping teams and in one single offseason. So it's just going to be exciting to analyze all the different possibilities for uh, for dynasty purposes. What about you, Anthony? Yeah, for me, wide receiver is the easiest and best way to improve your dynasty team. You can get really good value at the right time. We're going to be talking about a lot of these guys now. And then there's also going to be some hidden gems on these rosters that you can take advantage of now before there's more hype. So I'm excited to get into this episode, especially. Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to get right into it. And as you guys know, later in the episode, we will answer questions. So feel free to put those in, but we will answer those at the end of the main segment. So just go ahead and post them and we will get to them at that time. For anybody listening, we would appreciate you to subscribe and give us a nice review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And if you're on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe, like, notification bell, all that fun stuff. Devontae Adams, our first guy on the list. Everybody thought Rodgers comes back. They tag Adams immediately. It was like they waited for Rodgers to come back and then immediately tagged Adams. And everybody thought that we were going to see that connection again this year. Then the next thing we know, he is being traded to the Las Vegas Raiders to repair with his college quarterback and, and I believe roommate Derek Carr. Yeah. So now Devonte Adams in Las Vegas, Anthony, what do you think this does to Adams value? I think it hurts his value a little bit. I wouldn't be too pessimistic about his outlook. I still think he's, you know, going to be elite Carr is underrated. He can still throw the ball deep. He's going to get hit underneath. So I, I do think Adams is going to have a really good season. I think if you can buy him low, given the new change in scenery, that's something that I recommend doing. But at the same time, I do think that his season isn't going to be as good as it has been in recent years. So you just have to keep that in mind as well. What are your thoughts there, Charles? Yeah, I'm also a little lower on Devontae Adams than I would be normally. I think if he was still in Green Bay, I'd have him probably as a top five wide receiver for Dynasty. But given that he's in Vegas and there's more mouths to feed with Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, I have him more in my top 10. So I have him down a few spots because Anthony said he's going to get his. Derek Carr is still a more than capable quarterback. He can throw it deep. He can throw it over the middle. He can throw it short. He can do it all. 
But Devontae Adams isn't the sole weapon on offense like he was in Green Bay. So there's going to be just a little bit of regression by default. I disagree slightly. Obviously, there is a downgrade in quarterback. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, MVP, two years in a row in his late 30s. But they're in a division where those teams throw more than anybody else. Kansas City, Raiders, and Chargers were all top five in the league in in passes thrown last year. I don't think that's going to change. Those teams are going to continue putting up points, and they're going to be chasing each other in most of those games. Raiders are probably behind the Chargers and the the Chiefs from a scoring standpoint. So they may need to throw extra in those games. And we're still, it's up in the air with obviously Denver with Russell Wilson going there. So I think there's going to be just as many targets for Devontae Adams as when he was in Green Bay. Slightly different reason. When he was in Green Bay, they didn't throw as much, but he was the guy, the only guy. And now... There are some other guys with Waller and Renfro, like you said. I think Renfro gets demolished by this, by the I way. I agree. But, but now they're just going to be throwing so much more than Green Bay did that I think that's going to kind of balance that out. Now, is the touchdown upside the same? That may be a little bit different. That may hurt him a little bit in that sense. But I think the targets are still going to be there. But as I said, Renfro is the one that I think just gets demolished here because he made a lot of his – fantasy production off of that volume and i think his volume is going to get hurt i think he'll probably still be flex worthy because i think like i said that offense is going to throw a lot but i don't think you're going to be getting that wide receiver two value out of him like you did last year what are your thoughts on that charles i i am inclined to agree i i was more referring to the fact that i don't think this affects jaron waller too much because i think waller is going to be the big red zone guy and a guy who can play at the middle of the field as uh, Devontae Adams keeps teams honest over the top. But I do think it hurts Renfro because, like you said, it's just more of a volume thing. And with Devontae Adams being there, he's going to, I think, take away a lot of the stuff that Hunter Renfro would normally do. Anthony? Yeah, I agree. It hurts Waller. I, I agree, especially that it, that, that it kills Renfro. So, yeah, we're in agreement there. I, I do think that Waller and Renfro are going to take a little bit of a hit. And as a result, I think Adams is going to take a little bit of a hit too. So it's not the ideal situation for any of these guys, in my opinion. The Raiders should be a pretty good offense. And I can agree to what you said, Rick, that there's still going to be a lot of opportunities there. So it doesn't kill Adams. I just don't think it's going to be as good as it was in Green Bay. I, I actually agree with Charles on Waller. I This is the first time that he's had an out, like a standout outside receiver to help take pressure off of him. Waller's been the one that's gotten all the attention downfield and that's that helped Renfro eat underneath, which Renfro is probably still going to eat underneath just with less volume. So I think Waller, yeah, I think it's sneaky. I think a lot of people just assume that with Adams coming in, Waller's volume is going to go way down, but I see this kind of as a Tyreek Kelsey kind of combo with Renfro playing more of that secondary receiver role. Like you see with Hardman and, and those, but it'll probably be more consolidated with him. Brian Edwards, somebody that I was really high on, is just chalk now. You can forget about Brian Edwards. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even, I, you know, I, with this whole time we're talking about the Raiders, I didn't even consider him. And yeah, he's totally off the radar. I agree there. So Adams leaves Green Bay. We've talked about that. And now Green Bay's wide receiver room is looking like it lacks a little bit of talent. Alan Lazard is the, how do I put this? He doesn't have more experience than Cobb, but here of late, he has been the guy that Rodgers has looked at the most. They drafted Amari Rodgers last year, and past that, 
it's just a bunch of what's going to happen. We can assume draft. They got a draft pick for Adams. Maybe they take a guy in the first round. To Maybe they take Adams. another quarterback. I was getting ready. Someone to had to say it. Not, they're not known for taking what would help Aaron Rodgers. They've yeah. taken guys that were at strengths rather than weaknesses in the past. But I think it's pretty clear that they're probably going to take one, at least one in the first round with their two picks. So this is going to change quite a bit. But right now, Alan Lazard looks like the wide receiver one in Green Bay for this moment. And maybe even for partial part of the season while that first round wide receiver gets up to speed. What do you think of Alan Lazard? Do you think that he could be a value at least for 2022 or maybe even beyond with that connection with Rodgers if Rodgers is around more than one year? Anthony. No, Lazard is an easy sell for me right now. If you have Lazard, anyone, if there's someone in your league who thinks Lazard's going to be the top wide receiver on their team or someone who's going to get huge amount of volume, then sell him now. I expect the Packers to draft a wide receiver or two. I, I think Rodgers, it, it was rumored when he signed that he knew Adams wasn't going to be around. And I'm willing to bet Rodgers also knows that they are going to draft a wide receiver in, with their first two picks. Otherwise, I don't think he would have stayed. So I, I do think that's a, a definite. And if I'm a Lazard owner, now is the time to sell before the draft so you can get something of significant value in return. Chuck, what do you think? Let me slap you right oh, there real sorry, quick. What is the significant return? Because I don't know that people are going to pay for Lazard either way. I would take a second. I think a second round pick, either this year or next year's draft, I'd be comfortable taking that. If, if you have Lazard on your team, you probably didn't pay more than a third. He was a lot of, in a lot of leagues, he was waiver wire a couple years ago. Maybe you got him for a third or a one of those add-ins on a package, one of those kind of throw-in guys, I would happily take a second form right now. I, I think in a month's time after the NFL draft, you're not going to be able to get that return, not even close to it. Charles. I'm fully convinced that by the beginning of the season, Alan Lazard is not going to be more than the third or fourth option on that Green Bay depth chart. Like Anthony said, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't come back with Devontae Adams leaving if Green Bay was not going to address the wide receiver position heavily in that draft. Would not surprise me to see both first-round picks, or at least the first and the second, used on the wide receiver position, or just weapons in general, depending on how they want to go about that. And I think that the rookies, when they step in, are immediately going to be the best, best weapons for Aaron Rodgers in that offense, and will step in at wide receiver one, wide receiver two, you know, depending on how many they draft. So, like Anthony said, I, I agree, it's, it's the time to sell now if you can get anything for him. If you can't get a second, even take a third, because I think in most leagues, at least in leagues that I've been in, He's just a waiver wire guy. So you're procuring value, even if you just get a third round pick back. Yeah, I will agree with both of you. If I could get a second for Lazard right now, I would do it. A third, I'm willing to take the chance on him being at least a flex option with Rodgers as his quarterback, at least for now. And if I'm only getting a third now and they draft two guys and he's only worth a fourth or a fifth later, it's not like you're losing a lot of value. But if he does end up a pivotal part of that that receiving offense, um, you, you could be getting a high second for him, a, a late first for him, late in the season if he's if he is playing that wide receiver one role. So I think the risk reward is pretty drastic with him. You're not going to lose a lot of value 
but you could gain a ton by him being the Cam Meredith of the Green Bay offense this year. And that, that's kind of how I look at it. But a second right now definitely would take it because you could lose a lot of value on, on that right. second. The only other thing I wanted to add real quick was I think Robert Tanyan's a good buy right now. I think he could be you know, pretty sneaky. A lot of touchdown upside with Aaron Rodgers. I think he's a guy to target right now off the radar and someone I think can be a huge contributor for fantasy teams. Yeah, I, I personally agree with Tanyan. We are already seen his touchdown upside, even with Devontae Adams around. So without Devontae Adams out there, Tanyan could just, he could put up 14, 15 touchdowns this year and just be a, a difference maker at tight end for a low acquisition cost. Charles, your thoughts on big Bob Tanyan. I like that as well. I actually just picked up uh, Bob, Bobby Tons in a, in a league that I was in for a late second, which I think is pretty good because I think he's going to step in and be a low-end tight end one at worst because he's only a couple seasons removed from that double-digit touchdown season where he was a quality producer and what we know is a very weak tight end class in, in fantasy football. It's something that owners often struggle to find production. But I would also like to add that I would be targeting Aaron Jones if I'm a contending team as well. Because with Devontae Adams now in Vegas, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have too many trusty, reliable targets. So I think early on, like you said, Rick, as the rookies that they end up getting get acclimated, he's going to pepper Aaron Jones with a lot of targets, maybe even A.J. Dillon as well. So if you can find a way to get one or both of those Green Bay backs on your team, I would go for it. Yes, I agree 100%. I obviously put him in the notes because that's been his role the past year to two anyway he'd been splitting a lot of carries with jamal williams two years ago aj Dillon kept continuing to get more and more work last year so i think we could see more aaron jones split out wide this year throughout the whole season he's just a good receiver he can run any route we see him get targeted downfield as well and he just has a knack for the end zone as well so i'm on board with that anthony a hundred percent as long as the price is right and i don't like trading for running backs especially when they're at the later stage of their career which i think it's fair to say aaron jones is arguably there he's not on his rookie deal we've seen this these uh, trains go off the track real quick with some of these running backs so as long as the price is right I, i'm all for that i think he's a solid option but i wouldn't want to overpay for an aging running back myself in that sense all right we'll be real quick on this one is anybody trying to snatch up any Amari Rogers here before the draft, or are you waiting till after the draft to see what they do in regards to that, Charles? If he's on waivers, I'd absolutely take a shot on him and just stash and see what happens. Because right now he is um, number two, or I guess number three in that chart, depending on how I feel about Randall Cobb. I mean, if for some reason they don't really end up addressing the wide receiver position that much, you could have a little bit of value because I think they'd want to get him involved a little more after a pretty subpar season. But if I'm being realistic, I don't really think he's going to be too much of a factor because of the fact that they need to come in and get some guys who can come in at the wide receiver position and produce right away in week one that they're going to target in the draft. So that's going to push Amari Rodgers down a lot further because he's going to be below Lazard and Cobb on that depth chart. Anthony. Yeah, no, this wouldn't be the time for me to, to get him. You want to wait till after the draft, after he loses any buzz. I think you could get him for a fourth, fifth round pick if your league has a fifth round. If you do have the room to stash him even, but he's not really a guy that's on my radar at this point. 
he's a guy I'd take third third round flyers on. Just looking at his talent and athleticism, I think he's going to be he's as talented as any guy we're going to see in this year's third round. So I would take shots on him there, but Lazard, I, I prefer the second over him. I think right now after the draft, it may be entirely different. He may be more expensive because once again, <laughs> we don't know who Green Bay is going to draft. Um, okay, Tyreek Hill. The freak traded to Miami surprise as big as Devontae Adams getting traded to the Raiders initial reaction seemed to be doom and gloom for the value of Tyreek Hill. But Anthony, what do you think about Tyreek Hill paired up with Tua Tagovailoa down in Miami? Like Devontae Adams, I do think it it does hurt his value a little bit. I, I don't see the Dolphins as being as high flying of an offense. Tua doesn't compare to Mahomes. So you're going to have a, a downgrade extending drives. So there, a touchdown upside is going to be is going to be a little bit lower. So there is a little bit of concern there. But if I own Tyree Kill, I, it wouldn't be all doom and gloom. This is a guy that can catch the ball and go for 80 yards at any time. Assuming there's 80 yards of field left on the left on the track. I was going to say, can't be any time if they're only 30 yards away. Yeah. So yeah. So it's not ideal. I think that's a good word. It's not optimal. It's not the best spot for him, but it's it's not the worst. And I do think that he's still going to have plenty of value. And he's not someone to sell cheap. If you have him, he's he's a good hold. I wouldn't go out of my way to acquire him right now unless the other owner is panicking and wants to get rid of him. Charles. Yeah, I'm in, inclined to agree with Anthony on most of that as well. And I just want to add, too, they, they recently just talked with head coach Mike Daniel, and he said that he sees Tyree Kills in the Debo Samuel role, and he wants to use them in the same way that they use Debo in San Francisco. So that could look at more of a guy who gets a lot more carries, maybe, a little a lot more short passes, where he can utilize some of the strengths, like you said, taking it to the house. So I think that's something that could prove to be a big boost for him. And I just think this hurts really Jalen Waddle more than anything else. Yeah, in regards to Tyreek, I don't know that this hurts him. Tua is not as flashy as Patrick Mahomes, but he was more accurate last year, and he had a higher average air yards per attempt. It's The NFL as a whole isn't what people think it is. They're passing a lot more, but the offenses are a lot closer to the line of scrimmage, a lot higher percentage throws, getting these athletes in the open field and letting them do the rest rather than how people assume the league is and just throwing a bunch of deep passes to actually a higher percentage of passes thrown that carried at least 50 yards than Patrick Mahomes as well. Now, obviously that doesn't mean he's as, as talented as Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes can do stuff that very few other quarterbacks can do. But when it comes to the accuracy and the the way the offenses run, like you said, like with the Debo rule, Tyreek Hill only had a 10-yard dot last year, 10-and-a-half-yard dot last year. I didn't expect that when I started digging into the stats. So he works in that part of the field that two is just really accurate in, and the volume's going to be there when you're getting paid $30 million. I don't think it's going to hurt him very much if it does. Obviously, they don't have Travis Kelsey 
there. Take a ton of those targets, right? Jalen Waddle's gonna, he's gonna play that role. But even Travis Kelsey at this point in his career is a bigger threat in the offense than Waddle is. Now Waddle's going to continue to get better and eventually is going to be that guy. I just don't see it, especially in 2022. But uh, but Gasecki, what about Gasecki? Is anybody worried about him? He has been pretty inconsistent anyways. What do we think happens here with Gasecki and Jalen Waddle, Anthony? Yeah, I think there's just going to be a lot of inconsistencies as well. Like you said, you're paying a wide receiver tens of millions of dollars. You're going to force him the ball. And so Gusecki and Waddle are going to are going to take a hit as a result. They're just not going to get as many opportunities. Now, they'll still be involved. They'll, they'll still get their share of, of, of plays. But Tyreek Hill is going to be the main focus on that offense. I do think they'll do a lot of reverses and screens, getting getting Tyreek Hill the ball. And so I do think it's going to limit the upside, especially on Gusecki and, and Waddle, unfortunately. Charles, you already mentioned Waddle. Go a little deep. Yeah, I just think, like Anthony said, he put it really well. There's just a bit of a cap on these guys because Tyreek Hill immediately steps in and is the alpha in that offense because he can pretty much do anything in any type of scheme. And Mike Gesicki, I wanted to say on paper that I like him a little bit, but this just kind of caps his upside with two other big play wide receivers ahead of him. That's who was going to focus. And after Jalen Waddle, the, the Dolphins just got a guy in Tyreek Hill to do a lot of the same things he can. A guy with blazing speed who could take a short pass and take it to the house. So it's going to be interesting to see how they try and have those two guys coexist with each other since they share a lot of the same characteristics. Yeah, I think that Jalen Waddle doesn't really get hurt. I just think that he's going to have more of a year like he had in his uh, rookie season, which you would hope going into year two, we would see a progression but I do think that Tyreek Hill hurts that production projection progression. Hopefully Waddle progresses as a wide receiver and gets better at the stuff that he's not as good at. But I think from a production standpoint, he's kind of stuck in what he did last year when he was really the only guy. Um, Yaseki, I just, it seems like there's a bunch of talent there. This may help him with actually having two wide receivers to take attention off of him, but we don't know. And I'm not confident in spending the price that people are probably going to spend on him with the hype of the entire Dolphins offense. But Devontae Parker's finally chalk. I think we can, we might all agree on that one. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. We're going to talk about Kansas City more, so we won't talk about what he left behind. We'll go ahead and move to Cleveland to Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper apparently thought Dak was Kirk Cousins, then gets traded. Now he, <laughs> it was doom and gloom. Baker Mayfield was in Cleveland. We already saw him ruin Jarvis Landry and, and Odell Beckham Jr. And then out of nowhere, Deshaun doesn't get indicted. And then Cleveland makes the one of the, the biggest trades of the season to get Deshaun Watson, brings him in there. And now all of a sudden, Amari Cooper is sitting in the driver's seat of an offense at receiver with Donovan Peoples-Jones as his biggest counterpart at the moment because there are some other rumors. But, Charles, Amari Cooper, Deshaun Watson, what are you thinking about this connection? Boy, do I love this for Amari Cooper. He's in an offense where he is the unquestioned number one wide receiver, and if they don't really do too much else to address that position, he is going to absolutely eat 
volume of targets. He's going to get it all, and he's going to have a great quarterback throwing him the football in Deshaun Watson. Um, and Amari Cooper is a guy who can do it all. I think he's one of the best route runners in the end. He can go deep. He's a good guy in the middle of the field. He can take short passes as well, so he can do it all. And Deshaun Watson's a very accurate thrower. Deshaun Watson has a great deep ball. So I think it's going to help Amari Cooper in all facets of his game. And that puts him in the top 15, maybe top 20, uh, depending on how I want to put my rankings for Dynasty. But I think he's definitely taken a leap compared to where he would have been with Baker Mayfield or if he had stayed in Dallas with C.D. Lamb. Anthony. Yeah, I agree. Watson, you said it was a trade of the season. I'd argue it's the trade of the century. I, I can't think of a bigger trade, given all the, the turmoil, the allegations. I can't think of a bigger trade for a quarterback with everything going on guaranteed money cleveland browns to me it's just the biggest trade i can think of this it's the biggest quarterback trade cleveland's made since they got brock osweiler (laughs) (laughs) i honestly i can't think of a bigger trade i'm gonna go with the century so maybe there was one prior i i can't think of it russell wilson's pretty big too though but uh, but he didn't have all the drama surrounding him exactly yeah and yeah i I think it's i agree with charles here it's great for mari cooper it's pretty funny the uh, topsy-turvy feelings i I think rick you owned amari cooper in some leagues right where you're like amari everywhere yeah you're like doom and gloom oh no baker oh no and then it's a week later oh awesome so yeah I think it's great i think it's great for amari amari cooper I'm, i'm happy to see him i grew up here in the East Bay. He was on the Raiders out here. And I always hated seeing him get kind of pigeonholed and just not utilized the right way. I think Watson is going to, is going to show everyone exactly what Amari Cooper can do. Yeah. I think Cooper's in a spot where there's still the possibility of Watson being suspended for part of, or maybe up to the entire season, which is why Cleveland made his base salary this year, 1 million so that he wouldn't lose a bunch of money if he was, but Cooper being the only guy there and hopefully Baker getting traded and not being the guy that would fill in, will still get a ton of volume no matter what in that offense. So I think he's pretty insulated for fantasy value. Obviously it is higher with Watson on the field, but it is true that we have to watch and see what Watson's Watson's production might not be as good until he gets his head from all the the shit that's went on. So that will be interesting to see, but it's hard to believe as long as Cooper's been around, this kid's still in it. He came in young, had a bunch of production early and two times with two different teams. It's went off the rails, but when he gets volume, he just produces for fantasy. And if you look at Deshaun Watson with Will Fuller after Hopkins left, Will Fuller was scoring at a wide receiver one rate amari cooper is better than will fuller and amari cooper could be a wide receiver one in 2022 if watson plays the whole season that being said david Njoku gets re-upped it's been so weird with Njoku in cleveland it's like they never wanted him to be the guy they brought in austin hooper and paid him like what third most out of all tight ends when they signed him and and Njoku just sat behind and would pop off every now and then. I think he had what, like a, did he have a 40 point game last year uh, with two or three touchdowns or something where he just went off? Maybe it wasn't 40, maybe it was 30 some, but he had like a huge game last year. He's shown that talent at different um, times, but now it seems like it, he's second. He might be second fiddle to volume to Cooper in this offense. Is this a guy that is finally going to crack top six, top 12 tight end ranks, Charles? 
I think it is finally uh, David Njoku's time. The Browns this offseason finally moved on from Austin Hooper. They've released him. So their depth chart is David Njoku and then I believe Harrison Bryant. So that puts David Njoku at the top. And there really aren't too many other weapons in Cleveland after Amari Cooper besides Donovan Peoples-Jones. So I think Njoku is either second or third in that target area. And obviously, David Njoku hasn't exactly been blessed with a great type or great quarterback, excuse me, in, in his career because he's at Baker Mayfield throwing to him. And the Browns always want to run the ball because of the limitations of Baker Mayfield. But with Deshaun Watson under center, that kind of opens things up for the offense a little bit more. So you might see a little more plays drawn up for David Njoku, more usage for David Njoku, more targets for David Njoku. So I'm very excited to see what he can do this year. And I think he has a chance to be a top 10 tight end. Anthony. I don't know if I would say that he has a chance to be a top 10, and I guess he does with tight ends, with touchdowns. Anyone could be a top 10 tight end, but I don't think I would probably forecast that. I I, I think sleeping on Harrison Bryant would be the mistake, so I agree with one of those comments I'm not supposed to write. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, Harris, I, I have a hard time thinking to myself, who would I rather own at the back of my bench, Harrison Bryant or David Njoku? That's a hard question for me. For me. Yeah, for me, I could go either way. They did bring back Njoku, so that that says something. But I think Harrison Bryant has showed has shown a lot. I, th- I think he could continue to get better. So I, I that, that would be a tough one for me. Who would I rather roster? Maybe, I don't know, Chuck, maybe you have an opinion on that. I guess you'd probably say Njoku. But that's something that, that I'm kind of debating in my own noggin. I think I would still rather have Njoku. We saw the Browns there. They committed to him. He has a He's under, I think, a pretty decent-sized contract for this year. They're paying him the money, so they're not just going to stuff him on the bench and give the ball to Harrison Bryant all the time. I do agree that Bryant you know, showed out a little bit last year, but Njoku has also shown that he can be a, a very good football player when he's given an opportunity, and I think that the Browns are finally giving him that chance this year. I think that people forget that Njoku was a raw product when he came into the league too. He was very raw, had a lot of stuff that he needed to learn. We just assumed that they were just going to let him run routes and and catch the ball and not block very much. But it seems like he's gotten on the field a lot more and improved in that scenario. Now, that doesn't mean that Bryant can't have a good season as well. Like they don't have a lot of weapons in the passing game. So it doesn't have to be either or. It could be a combination of those two guys with Amari Cooper with dpj getting some deep ball looks because he's not the guy that's going to run crisp routes and eat you up on volume he's going to be the guy that beats you for a 60 yard touchdown so i think both of those guys could be good i just think with them committing to njoku he's an athletic freak finally experienced in the league and probably improved is why they did commit to him that he's going to be a big part of this offense going forward but i do agree on bryant now there are some rumors that Odell Beckham Jr. could be on his way back to Cleveland now that Baker Mayfield is out of the picture. If this happens, do you think he could replicate the improvement that he had when he moved to L.A. with Watson now at quarterback in Cleveland? Anthony? A hundred percent. But before I get into that, I, I just want to say after Chuck and, and you, Rick, spoke on Njoku and Bryant, you've officially swayed my opinion. That I'd rather own Njoku. So I think thank this you. is the first time ever on this <laughs> podcast that Anthony's mind has been changed. Yeah, it shifted on the spot. Yeah, this is this is. You're welcome. That's that's because of me. That's because of me. You're welcome. I, I just needed to throw <laughs> that out there. This is as monumental as the Watson trade was. What are we talking? Odell. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't see why not. Odell showed last year 
if he has a capable quarterback and he and if he's motivated, that's the big thing. If he's motivated and he has a good quarterback, I think we he can do what he did last year, just like in the Rams. If he went to the back to the Browns, he would be motivated to to for a couple of reasons. One, he'd want to do well with Watson. He's going to have Watson to play well for, but he's going to be motivated to say, look. It wasn't my fault I was so bad these past years. And I'm going to show you wearing the same dang uniform who the problem was. So I think he, I think it would be even a better fit for him than last year just because it'd be more opportunity and he'd have more, more, more desire to do well. Chuck? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I agree with Anthony. If Odell went back to Cleveland, he'd have this huge chip on his shoulder. He's, he doesn't. He wants to say that you know, this wasn't my fault, this wasn't my problem, but Baker was the problem. And we saw that Odell could succeed because he was a very productive wide receiver for those few weeks that he was able to suit up for the Rams with Matthew Stafford, a great quarterback in his own. And putting him with Deshaun Watson, the QB entering or in his prime, you, you could say the ceiling, the sky's the limit for Odell. He, he could succeed in that offense with a great QB throwing him the football. It's just a matter of health for him. And if Watson plays the full season, that obviously. Correct. Yeah, Correct. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, it. I, I definitely think that, I think it's clear that Baker Mayfield was the problem. I don't think that OBJ was ever not motivated. That dude just continued to get open. And as his dad showed on video, <laughs> Baker continued to miss him or not throw to him or just blatantly not throw to him. I definitely agree. It would be weird, right? It would be, it would be odd that we all cheered for him to get out of Cleveland and then it would, we would be cheering for him to go back with, it'd with be Watson tight. there now. It'd be, it'd be tight. It'd be, it'd be, it'd cool. be weird. So it'd be cool. Um, yeah, it'd be but cool. I, I love OBJ. He showed that he still has the talent and he just needs to, to be in the right offense. And I think Amari Cooper at this point is probably more talented. He's more spry and will take a lot of the, the pressure off of OBJ like Cooper Cup did in LA too, which isn't a bad thing for OBJ at this point of his career. So I think that also helps. Allen Robinson, he kind of takes that OBJ role over in LA with Robert Woods being traded, which we're going to talk about him in a second as well. But now it's Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, and Van Jefferson in that wide receiver room there in LA. What do you think, Anthony, about Allen Robinson after his down 2021 season? Is he going to bounce back now playing with the best quarterback that he's ever played with college or pro ball? What are we going to see? Yeah, I think he'll have a good season. I, I don't bar an injury. I think he'll have a good season. I, 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 I have no reason to think that he won't. He's in a beautiful spot. I, I think how high you draft him in a redraft league is interesting. In a dynasty league, I'm an ageist, so I'm going to fade him a little bit just because I think he, he's going to turn 29 this for this season. So not someone I really want to invest a whole lot in. But if you have him, I think it's great. I don't think you can really trade for him at this point because people are expecting such a big season. He, he would be a guy I would, I would be looking to sell just because of the age factor. But if I have a really good team and I'm competing, I think he should have a great year. And he'd be someone that I'd be feel confident with riding to the ship. Charles. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely agree with Anthony. Being an ageist, I'm always 100% looking to ship off my older guys before they finally hit that wall and see that decline in production. But I like L.A. for Allen Robinson. I think he's going to slot in nicely and be that Robert Woods role that was perfecting for so long in L.A. with Cooper Cup. 
And I think defenses are going to really want to key in on Cooper Cup after that ridiculous season that he had. So I think that in turn is going to open up a lot more looks for Allen Robinson. And like we discussed earlier, he's going to have the best QB he's ever had throwing him the football. And that just means more accurate looks, more accurate targets. It's, it's only a good thing for him. And I think he's going to have at least one good year, if not two. Yeah, 29, it's look at Adam Thielen, what he's doing. And I look at these guys as the same. They're both route runners. They're both good contested pass catchers. And they've never won based off speed. When guys get to their late 20s, early 30s, the guys that are super fast are the ones that I worry about dropping off way quicker. Plus, Allen Robinson, over his career, has been one of the best contested ball catchers in the league. The guy just catches everything thrown his way, and we know that Matthew Stafford doesn't care if you're guarded or not. He will throw you the ball, and when we say that he's the best quarterback that he's ever played with, it's not even close. No, it's not. It's There's a sizable gap between yeah. the Mitch Trubisky's and Blake Bortles and Matthew Stafford. And, Matthew Stafford's and- pinky toe is more athletic <laughs> than any other quarterback. We're looking at a guy that's went over 1,200 yards, I think, four times, and is up to, to 1,400. Maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's four times over 1,100. Six, seven touchdowns and bad offenses in Chicago two of the past three years, taking out 2021, and there's a lot of rumors that he was sabotaged by Matt Nagy, which after hearing everything else, it's not the craziest conspiracy theory that I've heard. This guy, if he's playing the Robert Woods role, is more talented than Robert Woods. And that's not a knock on Robert Woods because Robert Woods is good. But I think Allen Robinson, despite the quarterback play that he's had to deal with, has been a top 10 quarter wide receiver numerous years and is probably a top eight talent in the league. Maybe not now with some of the rookies with the waddles and, and uh, chases and stuff that came in, but he's probably still a top 12 talent in the league. And now he gets put into an offense where he's going to have a good quarterback, a great offensive mind, which is a huge upgrade from Matt Nagy. And, and I can't remember the guy, his name started with an M that was in Jacksonville when he was there. That guy wasn't a very good offensive mind either. They were, their success came on defense, but Allen Robinson could eat in this offense. I'm not worried about Van Jefferson taking any of his volume. It's going to be the cup in, in Allen Robinson's show, as long as they're both healthy and they are going to eat. I think what cup had 180 targets last year. I could see Allen Robinson getting 130 to 140 in this offense with Cooper cup, probably not getting 180, but even if he gets 160, 165 to and him and Robinson eating up half of that offensive 25% each 20, 28 to 23% of, of the volume each. Is there anybody else in this passing game, Anthony, that you are looking at that you think is either hurt terribly by Allen Robinson joining the team or could benefit from having both of these talents on the offense no i I think it's going to really the offense is going to revolve around the running game cup and Allen robinson so anyone else on the team van jefferson takes a huge blow they'll be really inconsistent as as well as anyone else on the offense i i I agree with you really 100 percent. it's going to be cup and robinson's also going to benefit from having cup be the main focal point plus the running game they're going to they're going to have to on defense, just have who you who do you cover in an offense like that? You who do you cover? Should be a really fun season for the Rams. I, I'm I, I root for the Niners, they're in my division, so in that sense, I'm not gonna love it, but it should be fun for fantasy purposes for sure. I did that was one point that I meant to mention that this is gonna be the, the first time in Robinson's career where he wasn't the guy. Yeah, like last year he battled injuries and that whole thing happened, but he was still the, the number one wide receiver, even though the production 
doesn't align with that. Every other year in his career, he has been the guy. Now he gets to face the secondary wide receiver. So even if he has lost a little bit, those cornerbacks have also lost a little bit that are going to be guarding him. Charles. I want you guys to remember to Atwell. The Rams drafted him in the second round, and he didn't really see much time because he was hurt. But I think he's a guy that I wouldn't mind stashing on the back end of my roster uh, in my dynasty leagues, just in case something happens, because I think he has um, some sneaky speed and can be a guy that could stretch the field while the other two top wide receivers keep teams honest. Just, just a player that I would have my eye on personally. I will agree. Tutu Atwell could just be a, a deep threat, but I don't know that he'll ever be consistent enough to be a guy to, to throw in a fantasy lineup. No, I'd rather roster David Njoku and Harrison Bryant over two out just to put that in some sort of context. So I <laughs> know I don't really, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not with you on that one, Charles, but I could be wrong and I'll admit it if I am wrong. Okay. So in Kansas city, Juju Smith Schuster Comes in there, signs for a deal. Looks like it's a good spot for him, really. A good offense. Gets to, once again, play second fiddle to a, a top-tier wide receiver. Then, obviously, Tyreek Hill gets traded. Now, Juju looks like the number one on the depth chart at the moment. Doesn't seem that the Chiefs are going to be done. They have been linked to many trade rumors going all the way to DK Metcalf. But Juju, right now, top of the depth chart in an offense that throws top five in the league doesn't need them to go downfield. Cause as we talked earlier, they throw a lot of short passes. Um, Charles, what do you think about Juju as it stands now without anybody else being added to this wide receiver room going into 2022? That's just an opportunity you have to love because like you said, Rick, he's at the top of the depth chart and there's no one else there. We obviously about to Travis Kelsey's going to get his, I think he's the de facto number one receiver in essence in that offense but as for the wide receiver position specifically right now let's just ask Juju Smith-Schuster and he can eat in that offense with Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball pretty much on every down Juju's gonna get his he's a guy that when he was in his heyday in Pittsburgh he was a guy that could just take a ball and take it to the house or pretty much any given play he has that game-breaking ability and in a good offense with a great QB and Patrick Mahomes as opposed to Ben Roethlisberger at the end of his back end of his career He's going to have a massive upgraded QB, and that's only going to help him. So I think he's going to be a guy that I would want to um, have on my team if I'm going to be contending this year for fantasy. Anthony. The only thing I don't like about this trade is once the season starts, I'm going to have to delete TikTok. And I just don't want to have anything to do with Jackson Mahomes and Juju on TikTok making videos. They're going to be tagging each other, doing shout outs. Like I'm, I'm already Seems getting like sick a crew just thinking you fit in with. You know, normally. <laughs> <laughs> normally but man talk about you guys think i'm annoying just wait till you see some of these videos you'll see you'll see no but i think juju i think it's a great spot for him especially with the opportunity now that tyree kill isn't there i think mahomes is going to love throwing the ball he's a playmaker kelsey is is like chuck said kelsey's going to get his but i think juju's in a good spot i'm not convinced that they're going to draft a wide receiver you know, they still have hardman they still have some good other guys they, they, i think the salary cap is a concern for them too are they going to want to they're not going to trade for another big guy they may draft someone but for this season especially anyone they bring in isn't going to really be a main focal point i don't think so i i think juju set up for a great year i think it's a perfect situation this is exactly why he signed that one-year deal in Pittsburgh last year, was to land in a spotlight. This is exactly what he was trying to do then. 
It's exactly why I said buy him last year then, because I think he's set up for a great season. Yeah, it's just hard. He's had problems staying on the field, being healthy. He's obviously played through some of it, some others he hasn't. I do think that we're obviously talking about a young guy here, and a lot of the TikTok and the distraction stuff, I think, is something that could get they could get past all that. Patrick Mahomes has already asked Jackson to step out of the limelight and quit being a distraction for the Chiefs. I feel if Juju wants to fit in there with Reed as his coach and, and Mahomes, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to mature to fit in Kansas City. That being said, I just don't know that he's a guy that can take the attention. I think that he's better served as the number two on a team. And it's shown he is literally, he doesn't have as many yards or touchdowns in his past three seasons after Antonio Brown left the Steelers as he had in the first two years when Antonio Brown was there leading the league in receiving. He has more touchdowns in the first two years, more yards in the first two years. So that is a, that is an issue and has been now, like I said, he's young, could still be improving and could make a big, could make a big jump in that area. Because he's going into his prime age-wise, I just, I don't know, man. I'm really conflicted. I was, I loved it when Tyreek was still there. Now that he is the guy and is going to be the focus, it's a little bit scary. But we also know that the Chiefs make, their offense makes their headway through yards after the catch. And I don't know that Juju fits into that role like the guys that, Top four guys, four guys in the top 21 last year in Yak for Kansas City. Kelsey at six, Hardman at nine, Hill at 17, and Daryl Williams at 21. Juju's got to fit into that and get up there to have the, the production that we want to see out of him. I don't know if it's there. Hopefully they do draft somebody or bring somebody else in that can help take some attention off of them. Cause I don't think MVS and Hardman are, are those guys, right? They're just, they're fast. So you got to pay attention to them, but they're not the guys that are going to get doubled. I, I think a change of scenery is going to do Juju a lot. And I know I joked about TikTok early on, but I do, I really do think a change of scenery is going to do a lot for him. I think he's going to come in with, with a goal. And I, I, and I know you guys are saying, can he be the number one? I, I don't think he really has to be the number one. Yeah. He's the number one wide receiver there, but Kelsey is the number one. I mean, Kelsey is the guy who's going to be double teamed, not Juju. So I still see Juju just being in a good spot. I, I don't have any concerns at all. He's still going to see the number one cornerback though. Right? Like they're not putting the number one corner on Kelsey. They're putting, they're, they're putting the you know linebackers are the ones that are focused on Kelsey. And again, those, are such short passes that the cornerbacks can't get on Kelsey that fast unless he's out wide. That's true. Um, and and that's why I think Michael Hardman is also set up to have a good season as well. Charles, any last thoughts there? We are, we're deep on this one. We got a next two guys. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to have to disagree with you. If you that one, I'm not too sold on McCall Hardman. We know what Kelsey's going to do. Kelsey's going to get his. Juju's going to be the number two option. But I think that, remember, the Chiefs just signed Marquez Valdez-Scantling to a pretty sizable contract. And I think he's going to fill in that role as the de facto number two wide receiver. And I think he's going to take away a lot of those targets that, without him being there, would only be for McCall Hardman. Yes. I agree with all of that after Juju and Kelsey. I'm really leery on anybody else. And as pass catchers, obviously they will probably get into their backfield here in an episode coming up very soon, but Robert Woods, 
gets moved to Tennessee. And we know that right now they really only have AJ Brown as a wide receiver there. Their tight ends underperform. The rest of the wide receivers are just Jags and they don't throw to the running back a whole lot. They do more when Henry's hurt, but Henry's obviously going to be back and be the focal point as long as he can stay healthy out of that backfield. Robert Woods, what does that do for him moving to Tennessee, Charles? I don't really think it helps him too much, to be honest. This Tennessee offense is going to really run through Derrick Henry, as we all know. We know what we know that they love to do that. Uh, so he's going to get a crap ton of carries. They're going to run the ball. And when they do throw the ball, Ryan Tannehill is just going to try and find A.J. Brown on most plays. So I think this is an offense that's probably, at best, only going to be able to support one fantasy-relevant wide receiver. So I think Robert Woods is probably going to be, at best, an inconsistent type of player who could maybe be a flex guy on an occasion, but he's not really somebody I'm looking to go out and get. Anthony. The disrespect for Bobby Woods. <laughs> this guy consistently, when he's healthy, consistent, consistently is like a top wide receiver too. Every year, every season. And well, he did see, it with, we're going back five years now. But my point here is only that tied to Sean McVay, this is true. We haven't seen him other than Buffalo, many years in Buffalo, do that without Sean McVay. So does that carry on after Sean McVay would be my only counterpoint to that. I'm just going to look at the <laughs> recent history of, of five years and, and say that I think, I think Woods is in a good spot. I think he's very talented. I think he's always disrespected by people like Charles. And no, yeah, obviously Brown is, is the go-to option. I'm not disputing that. But who else? I, I know you said there's no one else that is going to be consistent. In a, but in a PPR format, even if he only catches five catches a game on average, he's going to get he's going to average at least ten points a week, and that's and he's going to be I think he's going to be relatively consistent, throwing a few touchdowns there. I don't know. I do see him as like a wide receiver too, if he's healthy. If he's healthy, I do see him as a consistent wide receiver to maybe not high end but i do th i do think you're throwing a little bit too much shade here on, on our boy bobby woods i don't know i'm just not sold it's, a, it's a, going to be a different scheme it's going to be a different coach entirely new concepts i just don't think this is going to be an offense that's going to be able to support him as much as it did in los angeles what i would say to that is tennessee is going to throw what 28 to 30 times a game and they literally have two guys in the passing game so the, the volume, I think, is going to be there for Robert Woods because of the fact that they don't utilize the running back very much. They don't utilize the tight end very much. I think it's going to be a lot of Henry, A.J. Brown, and Robert Woods in this offense. And we know that when Tannehill has Henry in the lineup, he is very efficient. He's a very efficient quarterback, which really helps those wide receivers. So I do think that he can be productive and be – I would say more of a back-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three at this point in his career. But I do think that he's a valuable asset to, to have. The biggest key, I think, for this entire offense, whether it's A.J. Brown, Robert Woods, or anything, is that Derrick Henry is more efficient than he was last year. He, While he played, he had a ton of work. And he averaged a bunch of points, but he wasn't very efficient. He needs to get back to that efficiency that we've seen in the prior years. That helps this offense way more than anything else. Everything else in this offense past those three guys, though, 
I'm not, I have zero excitement for there. It's going to take injuries to one of those three guys for anybody else to be fantasy relevant. I think, and that's where I would stand 21 million a year messes up the entire wide receiver pool. There's a lot of people that say that this contract really contributed to Devonte Adams and Tyree kill getting traded this quick because when Christian Kirk gets 21 million and you're Devonte Adams or Tyree kill, you get paid now. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Correct me if I'm wrong, but was Christian Kirk one of the first free agent wide receivers to sign somewhere? Am I, am I, am, is my memory it was pretty early, right? This is, and this goes to, if you've ever done an auction draft, don't overspend <laughs> for the first wide receiver that's on the board. This is exactly why, because you're going to look like an idiot when you're at the end and you're like, oh, we paid how much for Christian Kirk? And Juju uh, gets 10 and a half. I exactly, think. exactly. Anyway, that's, that's kind of what I thought about when I saw Kirk and then all these other moves fall down. Like, man, it runs with an auction draft. Don't be that guy. But yeah, I, I think Kirk, I think he's good. I don't think he's going to be worth that much money. Is Trevor Lawrence really going to make him a superstar? He's getting paid superstar money. So what, you have to have those expectations. But I just, I don't think he's going to fit the bill. I think he'll be incredibly inconsistent. And he is a fade for me. If you have him, I, I think he's a hold. I'm not looking to sell right now. I, I think he's a good hold, but he's certainly not someone I'm looking to acquire. I've got to, I've got to go after that because you said, can Trevor Lawrence make Christian Kirk? Trevor Lawrence is good enough for Christian Kirk. I don't think Christian Kirk is good enough for Trevor Lawrence. I think that Kirk lacks what you want out of a top receiver, right? He's got the speed. He's got the the long play potential, but he can't consistently win at short routes, high, high percentage receptions. That's what we've seen his entire career in Arizona. Every time that we thought he was going to pop off because somebody ahead of him was hurt. He let us down because he's not that guy. Now, will he become that guy? We saw it later in Will Fuller's career when Hopkins did leave. And he got out from under him. I, I I just don't know that we see that, and it's it it blows my mind that they paid him twenty one million dollars. It just absolutely does, Charles. Oh, I it's amazing to me for a team like Jacksonville to invest so much money into the receiver position this offseason and still have what I think is an incredibly subpar unit. Speaks a lot to the fact that I think they probably paid a lot of the wrong guys. Because we've got to remember, they also, I think, gave Zay Jones a pretty decent-sized contract, and they also gave Evan Engram a lot of money for just one year to come in and play as well. So I agree with 100% with everything both of you said. Christian Kirk, I don't think, is really going to be an alpha in this offense. He's going to be a little too inconsistent from my taste. He didn't really step up too much and play that when he was given the chance to be a big play option in Arizona. And so I don't really think he's going to do too well here in, in Jacksonville. And there's still a bunch of other receivers there that are going to take away. Marvin Jones isn't going anywhere. If LaVisca Chanel doesn't get traded, he'll still be there. It's, it just feels gross to me, really gross. And that's not – that's a team I'm staying away from the wide receiver position for fantasy. Yeah, I, I look at this team, and, this, and it's been this way for years now, right? All their wide receivers are like equal talent. So I guess their benefit is at any given play, you could have four wide receivers on the field and the defense is going, we have no idea which one they're going to key on, which one's the hot route, because all these guys, none of them stand out ahead of uh, the others. Jamal Agnew is one that I'm kind of bummed about because he, I think he played very well last year and was a guy that could have been 
a valuable PPR. What's the word I'm looking for? The Debo role, like probably not as many carries, but short, quick routes, athletic freak. I was, I was excited about him. Plus we saw the resurgence of Guan Treadwell last year. I almost threw up saying that. <laughs> Couldn't even say it. <laughs> I couldn't even get it out. I couldn't even get it out. Um, but he played well down the stretch after Jamal Agnew was hurt. Shark was hurt. It's just a bunch of guys in that locker room. And it's just going to get split up between them all. Hopefully LaVisca does get traded. There's been the rumors around that. Give him a second home. I think he's very talented, but... That whole offense has been foobar over the past two years that he's been there. I do think, obviously, we saw a bunch of stuff from Trevor Lawrence early or in his rookie year that we don't like, but that's a rookie season. That's why Peyton Manning told him before last year to make sure that they leave you in there every game so you could break my interception record. That's what we see from rookie quarterbacks. So I'm not worried about him, but it would have been nice to see them spend $21 million on a wide receiver that could actually make a difference for this offense. And I just see a bunch of guys and who knows what's going to happen there. Yeah. And say yeah, Jones, of, 10 million a year. He yeah. got paid the same amount of Juju. Uh, yeah, you said, you, you said they're a bunch of guys. I think they're, what, what team is this? Jacksonville, the Jags. They're just a bunch of Jags, man. <laughs> they they're are. just a bunch of Jags. <laughs> yeah. It fits. Literally. <laughs> okay. One last quick one. DJ Shark leaves Jacksonville, goes to Detroit. Are you excited at all for this, Anthony? Yeah, he's going to be the top option if he can stay healthy. I, I don't think there's going to be anyone else really taking his targets. I, I, there are some Amon Ra, St. Brown truthers out there. I don't want to throw shade. I think he's, he's good. Yeah, I, I think it's okay. I, I, I don't think it's any worse than where he was. So I, I think it's pretty lateral. I think it's pretty lateral. Chuck? Nothing to really to get too excited about because I think that when all the weapons are healthy in our offense, it's the TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift show. And I think anyone else is pretty much irrelevant. Yeah, I don't want to say that anybody else is irrelevant because I do think Amon Ra can be a solid wide receiver. Now, I think he is overvalued right now because he was playing the Cam Meredith role, being the only guy alive on that offense in the right. passing game. But yeah. I do think that he is talented and he's going to be a good PPR wide receiver. Yeah. DJ Shark with Goff throwing to him is no better than Mike Glennon throwing to him in Jacksonville. No better than Minshew throwing to him in, in Jacksonville. This is, he's just not the guy. He he, he could never get it there in, in Jacksonville. I don't think he's going to get it in Detroit. Again, it's all cost, right? What is it going to cost? And, and right. if you can get him for a, a solid price, then you go with it. Um, any last thoughts on that? No, I agree completely. I, I don't have anything to disagree with you on there. All right. So that is going to end this episode. As I said at the beginning, if you're watching on YouTube, please like, subscribe, and uh, hit that notification bell so you don't miss any of these. We go live right now three nights a week, but we're looking at adding a best ball show on Wednesday nights as well, potentially. And then if you're listening on podcast, please give us a, a review and, and rating and hit that sub button on whatever platform you're on. We're on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, all those fun places. That'll be the end of this show and we will see you next week. The Dynasty Heat Seekers is a proud member of the Roto Heat family of podcasts. Find fantasy content ranging from Dynasty, Redraft, Devi, and more at rotoheat.com.